morning. My voice is a bit scratchy. The fires have gotten to it. I wasn't in the fires or anything, but um, the smoke. And so it's a bit scratchy today. But welcome here this morning. Very glad to be here with you today. Welcome online as well. If you're watching online, we want to welcome you today. <clears throat> My name is Ange, if we haven't met yet. Um, and I serve here on leadership here at York Street. Um, and over the past two Sundays, we've had Tim sharing with us the theme for 2021. Do you know what it is? What is it? Follow me, right. So there are a few here that maybe haven't been in the past two Sundays. We do have postcards that you can take home that has our vision and our mission and our theme statements on there as well. There's magnets that you can throw on your fridge um, by the office doors there if you're interested to take some home with you. But as a staff, we were thinking, what a great theme. We totally love this theme because we came up with it. Well, really, Jesus did. And what Jesus says is pretty awesome. So we're like, that's really good. Um, and one of the things we discovered is that when Jesus called his disciples, though, to follow him, they just did it. Like, immediately. 100% all in. I don't know if you remember in Matthew 4, Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, and he sees two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake. This was their, their job. And they were fishermen. And Jesus says to them, come follow me, and I'll send you out to fish for people. And on verse 20, it says, at once they left their nets and followed them. At once. They didn't take time to put their affairs in order and make sure the kids were going to get picked up from school or ask a bunch of questions of what, what, okay, so to be a follower of you, what is that really going to entail? Can you just give me the plan for the next little while so I can make sure this is what I want to jump into? They were first 100% all in. And then as they jumped in 100%, they learned on this journey with Jesus. And in the coming Sundays, as we lead up to Easter, which is kind of a crucial focus in our Christian calendar, our plan is to look at some scriptures in the book of Luke. And we're going to discover what it really means to be all in, to put this follow me into action. What would it take for you to get out of the boat and to let go of the nets, you know, your perceived security of life, your control of the future, to let go and give 100% of ourselves to follow him and his mission without hesitation. So here at Yorkie, I oversee the worship ministry as one of the things that I oversee. And I love seeing people 100% all in in their worship to God. But I don't just mean our gatherings here together on Sunday when I say, are we all in in our worship? I'm referring to our lives, as an, our lives as an example. Are they an example of Christ? Is God really Lord of your life? Every part, not just some of the parts. Do our lives really reflect worship, that we're followers of Jesus, that we are like 100% all in? And today I want to encourage you, if you're not yet a believer, that I'm sure myself and some of the staff and I'm sure many of you here that know Jesus would love to lead you to a place of accepting him as your personal savior. 
So if that is something you would like to do, we would love to journey alongside of you doing that. And extend to you that same free gift that we all have. The one gift that we get to receive of eternal life, which only comes through the death and resurrection of Jesus. But for those of us in the room that are believers, if we say that God is, do we say that God is really Lord of our lives in everything? Are we living all in? Are we 100% all in in every part of our lives? Are we really reflecting that we're followers of Jesus? I think some of you are. And I've seen it here at York, and I've loved watching people serve Jesus with so much of who they are. I don't know, obviously, every part of your life, but some of the behaviors I've seen, I think that's amazing to see happen. But recently, I've been watching some of our youth and our young adults, like not in a creepy way, because that's weird. <laughs> but God is doing something super exciting in, in their lives. And I'm hearing conversations through Amelia and her leaders with the youth that are having conversations about faith. And they're having conversations about discipleship and baptisms. Oh, the baptisms. If you haven't been baptized, there'll be water in there for the coming weeks, so they'll be ready. There's many to come. And there are youth and young adults that are 100% choosing to jump all in. They want to submit their lives to Christ. And they're telling me stories about how God is freeing them from oppression. How God is freeing them from addiction, from darkness, from insecurity, from lack of self-worth for many of them. Some have spoken to me about anger and being free from that. Being free from the lies that the enemy keeps pouring into their heads. And God is leading them into this new space of freedom, this space of courage, of watching these young people step out in confidence and in purpose and in freedom and in release of letting go of those nets, those past lives, those identities, those old selves, releasing that control and finding a passion that they can only find in Jesus Christ. See young people all in. Tim also shared this morning about how last week Jenny shared from the kids' ministry that, that 10 young kids indicated that they wanted to pray the prayer of accepting Jesus as their personal Savior. 10 children who said, yeah, I'm ready to jump in. God is doing something in our midst. He's on the move. Are you ready to go? Can you get out of the boat and follow Jesus? While God is on the move, you can bet there's another one who is also on the move. And since the beginning, there has been a battle for your soul. The battle of who are you going to serve? The battle versus light versus dark. And you know what? God gave us the choice. He actually gave us the power and the authority to decide, even though he's the one that made us and wants the best for us. He gave us the choice to decide who's going to be Lord of your life. 
And every day the enemy is looking for ways to be that Lord or master in our lives, to take that glory and that worship for himself and remove God from being the king and the Lord of our lives. Because we know the enemy's plan, as it says in John 10, 10, that, that the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. And knowing that our greatest commandment that Jesus spoke about is to love God with all of our hearts and our mind and our souls. Not just some of it, 100% all in. And that also that we are meant to love our neighbors as ourselves. You can bet he will stir up troubles in those areas first. That's our greatest commandment to us as believers. And he will look for ways to stir up trouble in those areas. He loves to look for any way that he can be Lord in our lives. One of the ways is he will create division among us as believers. He will create disunity and conflict between us. Because you know why? He recognizes that there is power when we stand together unified that he cannot stop. That there is power when we support each other. That there is power when we love one another. And that there is power when we serve one another in Jesus' name. And if he can take that away, he will. But not only that, he will attack us personally. He will cast doubt into if God's power is really powerful and his love for us. He will try to provoke fear and worry in us so that we lose confidence in who we are as children of God. He'll try and use your past sins against you and tell us things like you're not worthy, that you're not good enough, that you're all alone, that no one could ever understand what you're going through, that what you have to offer is absolute rubbish because God can never love someone or use someone that's done so many bad things. The devil will tell you things like there is no hope, he will tell you things like there is no future. He will tell you things like God does not care, that he is silent, that he is removed, that he is far away, or that he is angry with us. He will use whatever lies he can to deter us from God's path, and he will make us feel small and insignificant and unworthy and powerless to stand as children of God. That's his plan. Now you know it. But sometimes I think we forget the second part of this verse. Yes, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God has come to do the absolute opposite. He has come to bring life and life to the full. And as we stand in the midst of these storms and these battles that we might find ourselves being tossed about, you know, forgetting about the foundation of what we stand on, the truth of who we are as children of God, God says the truth. He says, I have come to give you life and give it to the full. He says, I love you. He says, nothing can separate me from loving you. He says that we have value. He says that he rejoices over us, that he would never leave us nor forsake us, that he is for us and not against us, that his grace is sufficient for us every single day, that he has a plan and he has a purpose for us, that we are not alone, that we do not need to be afraid, that he is sovereign and that he is Lord. That is what we stand on as children of God. 
So don't forget the power and the authority that we have as children of God. Don't let the enemy take that from you by believing his lies. You know, Jesus faced his own battles. In Luke 4, you can pull out your Bibles if you have them, or you can just read it here on the screen. We see that the devil goes right after Jesus, right after he's baptized. So think about those young people that have just been baptized and be praying for them right now on their journey. And those that are about to be baptized as well. And he's about, Jesus is about to start his ministry, and Jesus finds himself in the wilderness for 40 days, face to face with the enemy. And if you want to read with me, chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. Surprise. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Have you ever smelled fresh baked bread? Very enticing. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. And Jesus' first temptation comes as a challenge. If you are the son of God, prove it. Tell the stone to become bread. You're hungry. You can do this. You know you want this. His fleshly desires. And after 40 days, of course, Jesus is hungry. And the devil tries to tempt him with his fleshly desires by getting him to listen to him instead of to God. And Jesus responds, man shall not live on bread alone. Which is a scripture that you can find in the Old Testament that he had learned growing up from Deuteronomy 8.3 that says, man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. And what he's saying is, I'm not going to be tempted to do what you tell me to do. I'm not going to be tempted by my fleshly desires, but I'm going to do what God asked me to do because my sustenance for life comes from God, not you. Huh. So the devil tries another angle. That one's not going to work. Verse 5, the devil led him up to a high place and he showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. I can see this happening in a movie. All be yours. But Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What Jesus is showing us here is that how we respond to our temptations will declare and affirm who and what you worship. So we will be tempted in our lives. Even Jesus was tempted. But how you respond to that temptation declares who you worship. And Jesus declares that here nothing in this world, no power or status, authority, splendor, fame, no amount of money or job security that the devil could ever offer me is worth exchanging my loyalty and my allegiance to God my Savior, my Father, my, well, not Jesus' Savior, but to mine. Nothing could ruin that relationship with God the Father. And Jesus answers, verse 8, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He is, his answer to this temptation declares and affirms who he worships. And did you know that when we do follow Jesus and when we submit to God, 
and we worship him only, then we are under the banner and the authority of what Jesus brings. And the only power that the devil has in us is whatever power and authority we allow him to have. Because if you belong to Christ, if you've chosen to give your authority to him, the enemy can't take that away from you if you've made that decision. He will try to throw storms at you and hardships at you and difficulties at you, and he will test you to see where your loyalties do lie. So when the hard things come, what's happening with your faith? But the devil cannot take away who you will decide to serve. In 1 John 4, 4, it says, you, do, you, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. And in this case, them is referring to the evil spirits of this world. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. No matter what storms of life that we are facing, if we belong to Christ Jesus, the one who is in us is greater than the one who is in the world. Remember that. But if you've forgotten that truth and you have allowed the enemy to seep back in, in spaces, can I remind you that you have the authority in Jesus' name to reclaim back that ground that the enemy has taken? When I'm talking about the battles of the mind, I'm not necessarily talking about the battles of mental illness or depression or any other very real mental conditions that happen anxiety or PTSD or whatever that you might be suffering through. But as we know, these are ongoing conditions like any other health condition that someone might be suffering with, like asthma or diabetes or whatever, and they might require treatment and often professional and medical help. When I'm talking about the battle of the mind today, I'm talking about the battle that we face when we face our temptations, okay? So every time we retreat in our mind and allow the enemy in, every time we open ourselves up to the junk that he produces in this world, every time we fall victim to believing his lies, we're allowing him permission to take ground and have authority and lordship in our lives that we've already given to Christ Jesus. So as a follower of Christ, you have the authority in Jesus' name to take back that ground that the enemy has taken. And the devil won't like it, and he will continue to fight back, and he will tell you more lies, because there is a battle for your soul. And he's unrelentless. And again, in verse 9, the devil continues to try to tempt Jesus and to trip him up. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to, to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. I can feel like that happening in the moment. And the devil says to, to Jesus, prove to me that God's word is true and that he's powerful. Because it says in the scriptures and he kind of, faffs around with it a little bit, but that God's going to, that the angels will guard you. So let's see if that's true. Throw yourself down from here. Jesus answers it. Do not put the Lord your God to the test because the Lord does not need to answer to any of us. He doesn't need to prove to us his power because he's not under our authority. 
We are under his authority. And Jesus shows us here that he is completely under God's authority. But isn't it amazing how devious and how shrewd the devil can be? How he tries to deceive us by changing our words around and, and, and using God's word against us. But I love that Jesus deals with these temptations succinctly and deliberately. He doesn't, like, choose to engage in a three-hour debate with the enemy. He speaks the truth to that, and he moves on. The enemy tries again. He speaks the truth, and he moves on. And here are these encounters in the desert. I love that Jesus uses scripture, and that is something you can use against the enemy when he's speaking to you. Go to the word, find the truth, and speak the truth to whatever it is that you're facing. But there are three personal takeaways that I use, that I follow, and I can use against the devil. When he's whispering things to me like, you, you know you want to do this. Turn this stone into bread. When he's tempting things with things of, of our fleshly desires, we can say, I don't listen to you. Man doesn't live by bread alone. Man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Secondly, when I struggle with, with caring about so much about what the world thinks and what's happening in the world and the things that they value, more than what God is thinking and what God is saying and what God is saying, where my, my value comes from, I can say, I worship God only. Stating what my intention is in that space that I might be feeling under attack with, I can say, I worship God only. And thirdly, when the devil tries to make me question God's power and his plan, and he will, is he really alive? Is he really, will, will he really do it? Will he really take care of you, Gemma? I think he will. You can say, I trust God's plan, and I fall under his authority, declaring that he is Lord of my life. And sometimes it's in the declaring of the truth that helps you to see and helps you to believe what the truth is. And it's into the, de the declaring that gives you the power and in the motivation to keep moving forward against the enemy who will always try to hold you back. And Jesus shows us here, he takes authority from the devil by speaking directly to the issue until eventually the devil leaves him alone. Today I ask you, is there territory that you've given over to the enemy that needs to be taken back and put under the lordship of Jesus Christ? I think many of us have come up against the wiles of the enemy. and You've been in those battlegrounds. So many of you have been in the battlegrounds this year, actually. I'm just looking out at your faces. So many of you have been in the battle. And it's felt unrelentless. And the whispers of his words have been continuous. And you've been wearied and heavy laden and tired to your bones. You feel pummeled from all sides. I've heard that so many times. Maybe today, here, right now, you feel that. But remember the truth of the foundation of what we stand on. Maybe there is a battle within your soul. But make a stand today of who you serve in that space. 
Don't give the enemy that space. You might own your own business. Perhaps you need to ask the question of the purpose of the business that you run. Is it under the world's authority or under God's authority? What about your finances? What are you spending your money on? Is it falling under the lordship of Jesus Christ? Would he be proud of what you're doing with that? What about your downtime as you sit in front of the TV? What you're consuming and what you're allowing in to your mind and your soul and your heart. And maybe there is a battle in your mind like you're falling into some old habits, temptations, old addictions that maybe you need some help to get through. Maybe there's a battle within you in believing the truth of who you are as a child of God because the lies of the enemy have been hurled at you over and over and over again. And I'm here to encourage you, do not retreat. Do not give up. There is hope. You get to choose today whom you will serve. Church, do you want to be all in, in following Jesus in everything that we do? Because that is our ultimate worship to God. And the only way we can be all in is to completely submit to him today in everything that we do. Bringing the darkness into the light. Because that's the only way that freedom can be found. And I promise you, as you do, and as you take stand against the enemy, you will begin to see the power of God at work that you've been craving for. And you will experience the freedom that only he can give. But you have to take that authority back in your life. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to get the band to come up. And I want you to think as they do, is there a territory that you've given over to the enemy that needs to be taken back and put under the lordship of Jesus Christ? All the parts. And it's not for my benefit. But it, I can see that it can free you. And I've experienced it myself. When you bring those things from the dark into the light, it no longer has any stronghold over you. You are not subjected to the dark in that space any longer. And I'm going to get you to do a brave thing today, okay? So I want us to respond to that challenge. If there's anything in us that we want to release and to let go of and just to be free of it. And to be reminded and take back ground that's meant to be for us. And I wanted to kick butt, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, against the enemy today. And I feel like we can take that ground back. And as we do it together, he will have less and less power to move in our lives. And we will see God do incredible things. Like he's already doing, but even more. So right now I'm going to get you to close your eyes. Everyone in the room, even everybody in the back, tech crew and everybody. I'm going to get us to close our eyes. And this morning, I want you to think, is there a part of my life that I want to be free from? And as you're thinking about that, if your answer is yes, I want to be free from this. I want you to be bold in confessing it to God right now and just telling him what it is that you want to be freed from today.
And as you do, this is the second bold part, so I'm really trying to kick butt today, is declaring it by standing where you are today. Every eye is still closed. But you will declare it, and by making a stand, you are saying, I'm, I'm releasing these chains. They no longer hold me down. I'm going to get out of the boat, and I want to be 100% all in whatever Jesus is asking me to do and whatever his plans are for this space. So if there's something in you right now, I'm going to give you a minute to think, and then I'm going to ask you to stand. So every eye closed. If there's something in you that you have stirring in your heart, and your pump, heart is pumping, all that sort of stuff, that's probably the Holy Spirit speaking. I'm going to ask you to stand right now and be released from that in the name of Jesus. Right now, you have taken a stand to take authority back and put it under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And he has no power and authority in your life any longer. You belong to Christ. You are a new creation. Let it fall and let it stay there beneath your feet. Okay, you can be seated. Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for everyone that responded to you in this space this morning that have asked and have declared that they want to be free from the things that are holding them back, Lord, and that they are craving for, your, for the power of you to move in their lives, Lord. And, and if this thing that they've been holding has been holding you back from doing something in, your, in their lives, Father, we pray that that would be released in the name of Jesus. We can count ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We do not let sin reign in our mortal bodies so that we obey its evil's desires. For sin shall no longer be our master, because we are not under the law, but we are under grace. And now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, it says that in verse 22 of Romans 6, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. Father, lead us in the way you want us to go. Father, we thank you for those that have responded that are ready to jump all in and see what you will do in their lives. Father, I pray for great stories of what you do in their lives this week, today, right now, as they are freed from those things that are holding them back. In Jesus' name, amen.